Welcome to Trust the Journey. I'm Melanie Curtis. And I'm Jason Maledsky. Our mission is to live, laugh, love, and learn together with you. We're here to create conscious connections, to grow and contribute through our practice of openness, honesty, vulnerability, humility, and trust. Trusting the entire journey. Amen. If you want to find us on the internet, family, go to trustthejourney.today. That's our website. It's also our Instagram. We invite you to like, to share, to comment, to subscribe. All that stuff helps us reach more people and hopefully add more value to the world. So we really invite you to do that and follow your inspirations. If you would like to expand the conversation with us directly, you are welcome to join the Trust the Journey family. That is our private group where if you go to the website trustthejourney.today scroll down if you donate on patreon in any amount that gets you into that private group which again you're always welcome to join us there and those that do support us on patreon whether you participate a lot in the family conversations or not or just sort of all of those of those supporters really make this show possible. So thank you so much for everyone that supports us and anybody who's who's contemplating that support as well. Yeah, thank you very much. We really, truly appreciate your support. You can find us on Spotify, on YouTube, on Apple Podcasts. Um, we're everywhere. So search trustthejourney.today if you haven't found us already. We'd like to thank our editor, Kimberly Joy Voice, for the work that she does to help support the production of the show. She does all our audio editing and all our posting for us, and she's an integral part of the team. Thank you, Kimberly. And if you need some podcast editing services, please feel free to reach out to Kimberly at KimberlyJoyVoice at gmail.com. She'd be glad to help you out. Yeah, for sure. And if you'd like to follow Jay and us individually on Instagram, Jay is Jason underscore Maledsky. And for me, all you all my stuff, you can go to MelanieCurtis.com. So yeah, let's dive into this today. <sighs> I'm always a little nervous. <laughs> but today we are talking about meditations, medicines, and ceremonies. Uh, and we're going to see where this conversation takes us based on some recent experiences we've had. We wanted to share a bit about those and, of course, what we get from that healing work. So we both just completed uh, multi-day sittings with with medicines and meditating with medicines and trying to bring our challenges to the foreground and address them. Yeah, with intention. Mm-hmm. I think that's really the, the key element for me is that like taking the time to say this is a this is an issue in my life uh, that I'm struggling with. Uh, this is something that's been part of my life that has that has been around and, and p- literally putting it on the table and recognizing it and, and stating that it's what uh, needs addressing yeah. and then giving it the time and space to heal through whatever means that that looks like to, to you know at the time which you know can be virtually anything depending on the situation but yeah 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 for me what i just did i did a two day ayahuasca ceremony two ceremonies in a row and i am a 
deep believer in the medicine and its ability to help us connect and reconcile around deeper things in our experiences such that we can heal those old wounds, those old disconnections, and as a result, come out with insights that will hopefully motivate new action in our waking life. And Jay mentioned meditation. And it's so interesting, because when I obviously the actual communing and, and sitting with the medicine itself in the actual ceremonial experience is profound. And amazing and wow, just crazy on all levels in a wonderful way. It's not the right word. Crazy. It's not crazy. It's amazing. It's I don't even know how to describe it. And what other critical elements in my experience to working with medicines is absolutely the meditation surrounding the ceremony, the prep the meditation inside of the experience that I have when I'm there and I'm doing the quote unquote work, I am deliberately disconnected from my phone and technologies. And I'm there to really look at and and meditate on and process and journal around and get coaching around the intentions that I've brought to that particular working space. Without those other things, I would wonder the effectiveness of the experiences. I am pretty certain they would still deliver, but I know that it, the prep is really essential in terms of how much you connect to the medicine, which is then where you get the powerful healing and insights that you then will integrate out of those experiences. But again, like for me, for example, my first ceremony, this particular experience was another tough one in the sense that it was, I was struggling. I was like, clearly could see my mind just like, have all these questions. Okay, if you engage the medicine, ask a bunch of questions. If you're not getting the, any answers, ask more questions. So I could see my performative self, <laughs> my high achieving self wanting to not waste time with the medicine, wanting to ask, wanting to ask, wanting to ask, like, what am I getting? Not getting any answers. Uh, right. And that's happened to me before. That wasn't new. I, I knew it even when it was happening. I was observing myself doing it yet was still struggling to get out of that. So that that feeling. And I can, I'll say more about the ceremonies because, again, this could be fucking 10 hour podcast <laughs> just talking about one ceremony, much less two and the and the integration and processing around it. But so I'll I'll suffice it to say I, I, I kind of struggled in that first ceremony. I definitely got to a place where I got things. But the coaching and the sharing in between that was built on and supported by the journaling that I did. So walk, I walked out into the woods and I laid in the hammock and I had my journal and I just, I meditated a lot and pulled on the little threads that I was getting. Like, you know, I was, I've been looking at this performative thing, this like, why do I feel the need to 
high achieve to perform, quote unquote, that's the word that I've been looking at. And I looked at a bunch of stuff. And anyway, only in sharing with my coach at the and the facilitator, the person I was working with, did I t- stumble on a thread uh, of emotion around my brother? And it wasn't clear, but it was like in the sharing, I started to cry. And I felt that. And I was like, oh, it's like, and so the she basically coached me to, you know, because it didn't seem that relevant. It was like a love cry, you know? And uh, she coached me to pull to pull on that thread, you know, to just pull on that thread and see what I got in the second ceremony. And there's a lot more to share, but I want to give you a chance to share. <laughs> well, I want to say, first of all, that I'm really just captivated by your share. And I truly appreciate you being willing to be vulnerable and open up with, you know, the experiences that you're going through. Yeah. It's never easy to uh, bear our feelings, yeah. whatever they are. Everybody knows, you know, when you're in that predicament of like, uh, something uncomfortable has to come up. It's just not easy to, to just put it out. And it's a practice. Yeah. So I, I want to start by um, talking about the concept of meditations, mindfulness, first of all, and just put a little kind of context yeah. around it, a little frame around it, of that idea of self-awareness, of sitting with oneself mm-hmm. and listening to one's own thoughts mm-hmm. and hearing one's own busyness of the mind and just so much going on and how it really takes some practice to come become aware of the tangents that the mind goes on and so they put it putting dedicated time and energy towards sitting with oneself in the meditative space of just listening to one's own thoughts of observing consciousness as a whole is a starting place on it on, to begin with. And I think, you know, when we speak about uh, medicines and ceremonies, that initial concept of kind of knowing what meditation is and knowing some framework of meditation is really kind of necessary to really reap the real value out of these. Yeah. Out of these, um, ceremonies out of these practices out of these medicines uh, because truly the growth happens because we think or hear or feel or connect the dots between a thought and a body feeling yeah you know like you say you you started to cry so your Mm -hmm. body your body told you something right your body said hey you're you have feelings here Mm -hmm. and it should bear it put them right out there all of a sudden there's tears your body's like pay attention you're you're having feelings and your mind goes feelings about what you know like has to dig in and then the soul is just sitting observing the whole time just <laughs> right. just waiting like go ahead yeah. sort of sort yeah, it out like, you know you got this you got yeah. good <laughs> yeah right so i wanted to just touch on that meditation piece first and just kind of put some thought around that i've been meditating a lot lately i've been going through some really challenging times myself a lot of kind of like at the end of my rope in a mm. lot of areas emotionally fragile traumatized 
really, really delicate, uh, fatigued, overwork, yeah. overextended, just like un- pulled thin in all areas. I, f- I felt very thin, like you could just put a pencil through me and yeah. I would like tear, you know, yeah. and I had to be very guarded with who I could give my time to and how I could give it to them because I've been feeling so weak mm. in these areas. Yeah. And so just meditating on its own has been really, really huge savior for me, especially using guided meditations. And um, over the last few days, I also did a ceremony with some medicine. I sat with a an animal medicine, which is a natural medicine. It's called Kambo, K-A-M-B-O. It's the excretions of the giant monkey frog from the Amazon basin. And it's a peptide that triggers a healing response within the body. And it's administered to the surface of the skin. And um, you take a a little vine and you put a little small burn mark to break the surface. And you administer a little bit of this medicine onto the the skin where the top layer has been removed. And you end up with these little um, kind of, you know, small little freckles. Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. And... You sit with the medicine and this medicine's not a, it's not a psychedelic medicine. There's no like, you don't see visions. You're not given guidance. This medicine, you can feel it come up through the body and move its way through the body, but it, and go to work. You can very much feel it go to work. It's very physical, much like ayahuasca, much Mm. like psilocybin or mescaline. They're all, you feel them take hold of the physical form and they're doing their job. They're working through to find the things that are broken, that are damaged, that are holding on and where there's pain, where there's struggles, where there's illness or disease. Um, and all these medicines have similar function in the sense that, you know, we take them on, we sit in, in meditation and we allow them to do our work, their work. And at the same time, we guide our mind towards whatever element we've come to most recently say this is what I'm most aware is my troubles lately or this is what I've been you know trying to learn to understand or to heal and um, for me having recently been through my friend Jimmy's death and been had this trauma brought up to the surface of losing people close to me it really triggered some long long stored away trauma with my mother yeah I lost my mother as a young boy And at the time I was living with my younger brother and my mother alone. And when she passed away, I found her um, passed in her bed. And it was just me and my younger brother in the house for quite some time with my mother. And this was a very traumatizing experience as a child to to find my mom in this, you know, so she's dead. And I have I'm so a boy and I'm like, I have to figure out suddenly I have to grow up. And like be a man and like, now what do I do? What's the next path to like take care of myself and my brother from this point going forward? And I have, I realized just recently with losing Jimmy that I was, I had been speaking about the Jimmy's, Jimmy's passing. And then shortly after I was relating to some of these, um, behaviors that I have that I recognize in myself, which are the tendency to like want to cling or attach 
And like, I get, I have a, a deep seated fear of being alone, mm-hmm. um, which is crazy because I've spent so much of my life alone and I really like being alone. But when I feel weak or fragile, I suddenly really want that like nurturing mother kind of hold me, protect me kind of feeling. Yeah. And it's affected my relationships. It's, it's had negative effects because I seek this rather than like creating a system to care for myself and to make sure that I've done what I need to do to, or that I have yeah, that I know what behaviors I can say, Oh, I'm feeling weak. I can do this to feel better. Uh, instead of just looking for, you know, somebody to make me feel better. So, uh, you know, I went into this meditation, this sit with ceremony with these medicines just recently and really wanted to, dig up, dig on this attachment and, and say, let's relive these traumas and purposefully like, okay, I'm going to go back in my mind to being a young boy and I'm going to go back to the room and finding, finding my mom. And I'm going to like, remember the emotions that I had and the experience and like purposefully like relive it to then refeel it so that I could release it. Yeah. And that involves purging. It involves puking mm-hmm. or pooping yeah. or whatever, like the body excreting some trauma that's been kept inside. So, um, yeah, so I just did three days um, in a row sitting with this medicine. And it's just fairly short in comparison to some of the others, but it's much stronger as far as like the like the physical intensity um, of the body. Um, but very, very, it's very powerful and very, I feel very much at peace mm. now. Um, and I, I want to go into it in depth more, but I'll say, I'll kind of put it back to the key thing that you were bringing up is that I now have an, an integration worksheet that I'm working on, Good. which before ceremony, I had like put a list of things together of why and what's important and what I'm struggling with. And then during ceremony, during meditation, yeah, while I'm sitting there struggling being with being human Mm -hmm. struggling with the pain of the medicine moving through my body struggling with reliving these tragically painful experiences losing best friends losing parents like this attachment to forms attachment to outcome like me thinking i am human and uh, this Letting go of the concept that like that death is permanent, you know, this permanence, letting go of permanence. That's what it is. Letting go of permanence, you know, and sitting with that and letting the change occur and then, you know, coming out the other side of it. Here I am talking with you, speaking, sharing, talking about the changes. I've got the word change written on the wall in front of me in big capital letters, you know, and so integrating the lessons, integrating the, those strings that have been pulled. Yeah. Going, how do, when I now feel the same feeling, how am I going to be act differently? Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you for that share. I think it matters to hear people's stories. It matters to hear your story. It matters to hear the details of your experience. I think that is medicine too. admit this, that, that notion that stories are medicine for those listening. And 
Definitely. I mean, oh my goodness. Of course, what to do with it. And it's easy for me to rush forward to that and not take my time in the stories and in the experience of it. You know what I mean? Like, for example, to say a bit more about my experience, what one of the things that I got, I was struggling in that first ceremony and I, I had two cups of medicine and I was still, still struggling. And I asked for the hape to, cause it, I felt called to, I also was kind of confused. I was like, should I ask? I don't know. And I'm like, it's better to ask than not to ask. I can always process that later, you know. Um, and when I asked for it, the facilitator came over and as I was sitting there, a clear message came through of like, I like it. Like there's something about the light, the something about performing that I like and like there's some benefit there, but it was still this kind of confusing message. I took the, the medicine, the hape medicine, and it immediately sent me into a purge where I started to cry and kind of just it really moved my body and, and amplified the, the ayahuasca medicine. Um, and when I got to and when I started to purge and vomit it was a clear message that felt like it was very much from ayahuasca like there got your way like sort of like it was again kind of confusing where i was like did i did i get my way like is that bad like there was this sort of like confusion tone to that whole ceremony and so Fast forward to I'm sharing and I have this notion, this idea of around my brother come up. And I, part of what I had been journaling was, all right, well, what are all the ways that I, I like performing? You know, I love their, I love the creative expressions. Like I remember my kindergarten graduation in my punky Brewster dress. I remember singing in the concert and I had a solo and I was so ready and I still kind of missed my entrance. I remembered me, like my stepdad showing a video of me playing soccer and just kicking butt on the field. Like there was a lot of there's a lot of those things. And one of the things that came up was. I had this goal to like get as many 100s as I could on my AP exams in high school. And I got three 100s on various AP exams. And so I was re I was very proud of that. Like my same thing. I got a hundred bucks for every time I got a hundred. But if I got a 99, we'd get nothing. But it was this like kind of fun challenge. Now, here's where it st stems back to my brother is, and this is not comfortable to talk about, 
because it feels like, oh, it feels like a dark thought, you know, where you're like, we have to acknowledge as humans that we have these thoughts that are not great, right? May I pause you for one yeah, moment? Yeah, yeah. Ramdas, we have to learn to love our dark thoughts. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Love that dark part was a huge yeah. like mantra for me this time. And uh, so what I touched on was getting the 100s on those exams I remember thinking like some part of me was like thinking I was I was better than my brother just makes me like want to horribly cry right now because I like totally don't feel that and I love him so much so I started to like share about how much I love my brother and how he's so like I have only like I have literally zero memories of my brother about anything other than awesomeness at this. I mean, unless there's more in my psyche that I don't see, but like, even for example, he had a, a time where he, what he, we'd used to rough house, you know, he'd like pin me down and like going to spit in my face. <laughs> like, and it sounds so terrible, but it was like fun brothers is your rough housing. And he used to punch me. I might have actually shared this on the podcast before, but he used to punch me in the arm when he was little. And and then one day he was like, I'm too strong to punch you anymore. I'm not <laughs> he like, and he just he literally he stopped and he stopped. He never, ever, ever, ever punched me again. And I vividly remember that. So anyway, I'm starting to pull on this thread about my brother. So I go into my second day of my of sitting with the medicine. And I'm still wanting to sort of understand how this might apply to this performative thing. Like there seems to be related elements like, oh, do I have to be better? Like, what would it mean about me if I weren't adored, if I weren't recognized, if I weren't praised? Like what what's what's there sort of asking more into that? And same sort of thing where I got into the medicine. I sort of, I purged a bit of control, but that wasn't much. And then, I mean, again, it's hard to describe, but long story short, after the majority of my ceremony was sort of complete, I got connected to and I, because I, I was asking this question about like, what does it mean about me to need that? Or why would I need that? What's, what's the darkness there or whatever. And then the medicine sort of flipped it and showed me, <laughs> and showed me like how much I, I adore my brother. Like it just, love him so much. <laughs> my mom used to joke back in when we were kids that I'm my brother's best audience. I always laugh at all these jokes and I still do. And I connected like powerfully to how much I love my brother and truly just deeply, deeply adore him. And it was really wonderful and beautiful. And she showed me how I had been not showing up, 
you know, where I'd been sort of disconnected, letting my work be a priority and not calling him. He's calls me more than I call him, like just showing me ways that. And it was like the message was this. This is where you try like this. This is where you try, as in I've been trying and working and doing all these things, which are good. It's not it's not bad that I have pursuits and passions and love to be creative. There's a light side of performance as well. But it really showed me to it helped me to prioritize. My family, and I, I don't want to finish this share before sharing where it went, because just connecting to how much I adore my brother was the start of going, okay, well, tell me more. Like, what else can I see here? And it helped me see like, I, my mom and my brother and me were sort of a trio, you know, like my parents are divorced and And it was one of those things where it's like, does my mom adore me as much as I adore him? Is that possible? Like, and then sort of like wondering about that and then like getting shown all of these different pieces of evidence of how much my mom adores me, (laughs) like all these things, sending letters, she always calls, she visits, she shows up for me all the ways she shows up and I got present to how lucky, how lucky I am, which is interesting, a parallel to your story, Jay, you know, so like that feeling so much gratitude, knowing that other people don't have that same experience. And anyway, there's more about my dad and just, but like the message was the clear evidence of that, how much I adore them and how much my mom is obviously adores me and that this is where I try. That was the biggest thing I got. And then, of course, taking that and going, all right, well, what does that look like in my life? It looks like making a phone call when I'm driving south to see my mom. It like it's like writing a letter. It's like suggesting a visit. It's like lots of other things to be in someone's life and make sure that your actions are conveying your adoration for them. That's a real practice, right? Yeah. I've had a lot of conscious, um, think, think, seriously putting my mind around what does it mean to show up, you know? And, yeah. and what is it, what does love look like? Yeah. You know, what does love really look like? And how do you care for somebody? And in this whole thing of showing up and listening, right? And listening to what they have to say and, and not letting it just kind of like roll right over your bead down your back like water gone, but like drinking that and like really hearing what they have to say and then taking that and backing up with it and thinking about what that need is that they've expressed and how you can help fulfill that need for them. Yeah. You know, and really be there. Yeah. Like knowing their needs versus being like, oh, I want to be connected. I want to, I want to shower this person. I want to do this. I want, yeah, totally. Versus really going, what, what would love 
I what would be optimal love showing of love for this person. Yeah. yeah. That's where it starts to happen, right? It's is like where we when we make love about giving rather than receiving, then it comes back to us. It's this whole gratitude thing, right? Mm-hmm. Where our the way the universe appears to work is that the more we give, the more we receive. Right. And it's the same thing with love or or with our own needs. We're like, okay, if I become a better listener and I become a more caring, considerate, thoughtful, attentive, you know, nurturing friend, partner, lover, family member, brother, sister, father, mother, cousin, name it, coworker, neighbor. Yeah doesn't matter you know it, it, the more we put our mind around hearing what other people need and helping to give them what they need you know without emptying our own bucket at the yeah. same time yeah you know that's what's really all about right i was really blessed this uh last few days um it was a small group. I've done this medicine a few times in the past. This was my, I believe this is my fifth, sixth, and seventh time sitting with this particular medicine. Mm-hmm. And I've had it administered by a couple of different uh, facilitators. And it's a, um, I've had it in fairly large groups, you know, like eight or 10 people. And um, I've also had it one-on-one. And this past week, I had a one-on-one ceremony to mm-hmm. begin with. Then I had two really close friends uh, that were really just dear to me uh, on the second day. And then the third day was also a solo one-on-one. Cool. And that was really special to say, okay, this is really about me, you know, and really being able to zone in and be like this, I need to heal. I'm here to heal. Um, I'm struggling with um, both emotional issues and physical issues. I've got some bowel problems that are quite serious Mm -hmm. and I've been struggling with them for a very long time and I haven't been able to find any cures in Western medicine. I've been up and down the entire spectrum. I've had tens of thousands of dollars worth of tests. Yeah. I've spent a lot of money trying to figure out what's going on and they come back with a statement which they say irritable. Your Mm -hmm. bowels are irritable. I'm like, I know they're irritable. Yeah. You know, yeah. But it's so it's it's a no diagnosis is really what the answer is in the Western medicine world. So I've been trying to address it and I'm aware of my emotional connection to my physical body. This is one of the things we learn through meditation and through sitting with medicines is we learn my thoughts control and my body. My body triggers my thoughts and my thoughts trigger my body. I get an emotional feeling and all of a sudden I got to use a toilet. Yeah. Like, you know, this is fight or flight. There's a ton of different things that trigger this. So I'm really trying to pay attention to the relationship between emotional body, my, my energy body, my chakras, the different parts of myself that are my different energy fields and where they're healthy and where they're hurt and what, which parts need attention. So, uh, over the last few days, specifically put some work into my solar plexus, uh, third chakra, the yellow one. Mm-hmm. And uh, what is it's that? Interesting. What is that? Can you say more about that? 
Yeah. So let me tie it together. And this is one of the things about the different medicines that are available to us is in one of my uh, ayahuasca ceremonies uh, that I sat with meditation probably a little over a year ago, about a year and a half ago, I I was, you know, with the medicine and I'm laying in a in a bed uh, in a group with a bunch of other people and it's a dark room and my eyes are closed and I'm just thinking about the things that I'm trying to stay on the things that I'm working on. Yeah. Right? Trying not to drift, <laughs> right, trying right. not to get distracted by pretty <laughs> colors and lots of interesting things and what I'm doing for work next week or whatever. Right. I'm trying to like stay with, I'm, I would, I came here to grow. I came yeah. here to learn to understand myself better. I'm trying to become more aware of who I am and why I am who I am and who I want want to be and what I need to do to make that part of, to grow in that direction. 100%. And, and that, that's it. It's this whole, like staying on the track of like, why did you come here? You know, I'm coming to recreationally use drugs. This kidding me. There's nothing nope. recreational about this. You know? oh, like there's I came, nothing recreational no. about it. <laughs> yeah. I come, I came here to address my issues and to like yeah. work on them. And I had this vision appear before me where I kind of saw my soul uh, and it was kind of revealed to me as like a deck of cards, like a deck of tarot cards, like tall, narrow cards that would fit a human form if you were just standing with your arms at your sides, kind of the typical depiction of a human and the card deck of cards like fanned open, like a dealer would like pull all the cards apart and the some indicator like zip down the stack and turn and I could see all these different layers of myself. I could see like my energetic body and my psychic body and my skeletal body and like my nervous system and like all, every card had like some type of system related to who I am. Everything from a pure aura energy to like a skeleton uh, to muscular musc you know, frame, like all the different things. And one of them, as it fanned through this whole deck, it went through the layers of chakras. You can see all the different rainbow colors coming in. It stopped at the yellow chakra, which is the solar plexus, and it opened up and turned and showed me the symbol and held it for a minute. And Dave gave me this little knowing like, hey, hey, just here, here's where the work needs to be done. And then it closed the deck and, and off mm. it goes. And that tends to be from my experience and from what I've been taught, how Aya works with these very quick quiet little mentions mm -hmm. where it, it kind of just gives you like hey mm -hmm. if you're if you're truly doing the work here's where it needs to be done yeah, here's where your focus needs to be totally and you get these little little flag goes up for a second and you're like if you're over here you mm -hmm. know and so i caught that and i'm like well i don't even know what this is i don't know what this what is this solar plexus what and the message that i got is i've been i had for a long time i've been trying to do work in my root chakra based on my impressions that the struggles that i was having in my life were presenting as things that would list off in what the root chakra is about yep. so if you open up any internet site and say what is the what are the chakras about Go search, Google it. You're going to get something that's going to tell you that's about sexuality. It's about your, you know, your body. It's about the different parts of yourself. And everyone has a different, you know, descriptor as to what element that those chakras are relating to. And what I was seeing, everything was presenting as root chakra, root chakra, root chakra. And so in my previous ceremonies, I'd been focused on this red root chakra. And then what I realized is like, 
oh no, this medicine just told me, hey, look over here, because this is presenting as root chakra, but the injury, the pain, the trauma is not where not where it was caused there. Uh. You're seeing a presentation, but this needs to be healed. The injury is actually over here. And Amazing. our bodies, our bodies do this a lot, right? Where we get like I get these pains in my I have problems with my neck from all the skydiving that I've done that I have degenerative disc disease, my discs are compressed and my nerves are pinched. And mm-hmm. so if I jump out of planes, what happens is within what, after a day of jumping, my hands will be numb mm. and I'll lose all feeling in my hands. And so my hands being numb is a presentation of an injury in another location, right? right. My, my cervical spine is damaged, so I can't and, but my what um, I have numb hands as a result, and so this is the same thing that I've seen in the experience. Is like, oh, I'm struggling with you know elements of my sexuality. I'm struggling with elements of my identity, my ego, these different parts of myself, and I'm like, oh, this is all to do with my root chakra. When I go looking it up, and then I realize I'm like, no, these are actually elements to do with a different area, and um, we had a really interesting experience with the medicine this time is. On the first day, um, I, I've been deciding to place the medicine on my body in different locations. Yeah. Um, so I've decided to put it on the meridians. So I've had it on my hands this time on each hand. And then I had it at the base of my spine Okay. Uh, as little gateways. And then I put it down near my feet on my ankles so that it will have to pass through the different parts of the body in order to like to really treat those areas. Got it. And on the first time when I placed it at the base of my spine, typically the area around the gate, which is a, a small little burn that removes just the top layer of skin, that area will get kind of hot and inflamed. It'll get quite red and our faces get really red and inflamed. Mm. Um, and what was interesting is my solar plexus, the mid part of my back got really red. Like mm. it flared right up. Like there's a big hot spot in the middle of my back and like enough where you could put your hand over it. And it's like fever. Wow. Like burning hot. And it's only one isolated region. Wow. Like there's like, you can just put your hand there and it's like a fire hot, just raging and it's inflamed and it's sticking up. Like there's a big red bump mm. in the middle of my spine, you know, that's saying there is damage here. There's energetic damage here there's pain there's trauma there's this holding on to there's this fears and coming to recognize that and see this work happening you know and letting go of that concept of permanence and then seeing it cool down you know the relationship between the purge Mm -hmm. and the body the body indicating what needs to happen Yeah, that's something also that I was coached around in the ceremony, in the meditation, and in certainly outside of ceremony, but in meditation in general was be in your body, you know, and ask if I'm asking to those spots, like there's pain here, like what, what is that about? What, what's here to heal for me? What's the root? What am I responsible for? You know, like asking questions like that. And those are questions you don't need a me- medicine to ask. We can ask those in meditation and journaling. There's so much healing available in simply being willing to ask certain questions and be honest with oneself in our reflections. 
you have a um a big takeaway from your couple of days um that that was the one that was this is where you try that's the big takeaway from this one there's definitely more um but that that's the definitely the big one this time and the integration of what that looks like with me engaging my family in a more intentional way i've been doing intentional re-engaging with my family for years and it's it's that also speaks to the layers and layers. And it's not like my brother and I haven't been connected. We've always been close. We've always been, you know, supporting each other. We talk relatively frequently, but I recognized my, my own sort of, again, prioritizing other things. And as a result, withdrawing myself from that connection that I value so much. So it's just a re-engaging of that, contemplating how that would look and then doing it. And I'm already doing it. It's already, it already feels so much more healed. You know what I mean? There's no, I mean, I don't know how my brother would take me crying if he listened to this episode, which would be wonderful if he did. Matt, if you're listening, fuck yeah, right? (laughs) Um, You know, but yeah, when the time is right, I'll tell him all of all that I experienced if he wants to hear it. But really, uh, the first thing is is I'm going to show up in that relationship. That's it. Like, I'm going to show up and I'm going to be present and intentional in those relationships that matter to me. So, yeah, again, this is where you try. That was my biggest takeaway for sure, even though there's plenty more threads I could pull on for sure. I've had an interesting experience lately with uh, my sister and I have been in contact a little bit more and I made the took the time to present some of the challenges that I've had with our relationship and put them on the table and say, Hey, you know, the reason why our relationship has been at a distance is because of these things. And these have been challenges. And, um, I put a little bit of time energy into it, but I realized that she deserves more Mm. and that that relationship deserves more. And it's been a very tender topic for me. So I I can only do it in small bites, you know, I I can't. And I took the time to write a letter, uh, you know, a a year or two ago to say, Hey, this is a list of things that are, you know, challenges in our relationship and our past. And, and I never sent it, you know, I I thought I might do one of those things where you like write the letter, tear it up, burn it throw it away like you know let those things go forgiveness and move on but it persists you know the challenges have persisted and so uh and i know she listens to this podcast she just sent me a message the other day you know wanting to connect more and so nadine i hear you and um you know we'll make some more time to connect further and continue working on healing these areas yeah as it comes you know Yeah. And it varies. It's so different. The stories are so different. I mean, I'm sure there's more. It's plenty because again, this is sort of the first time I visited my brother in ceremony at all. So I'm sure there's more there. He's a such a core critical relationship in my life. I mean, gosh, when I would, I mean, it's not that he's not the first time I've thought of him in my, this healing work, because when I was really in the depths of healing anxious attachment with men in love relationships, it's super clear to me that Matt, my brother, is 
like the primary safe male relationship in my life because I had a lot of fear around my dad, didn't feel that safe with him, you know, but with my brother, I always felt safe. Like he fucking has my back. I wrote a poem about how he had my back, you know, like lots and lots of evidence in action and in my experience of feeling safe with Matt being a safe man in my life and, and an example of a safe man in my life. Yeah, it's really interesting digging into the traumas with my mom. Like my mom died when I was 12. I'm turning 49 soon. So it's been a little while. This is not a new thing, right? Like at 25 years, I'm like, I think I'm over it. You know, right, right. (laughs) I know. But if you don't look at it, (laughs) but but I really have too. you know, like I've really I've come to a realization within myself where I'm like, okay, when I was young, and I was a teenager, I was just angry. Yeah. I was really angry, you know, like I, I was so angry at the world because not only did I not have my dad for most of my childhood, but then he died super early and then my mom died and then I'm just left I'm like, fuck this, you know, and like right. really fucking angry. Who's, you know, who does this? And I'm angry at God. I'm angry at the world. I'm angry at myself. I'm angry at anybody who's, who doesn't show up and like really so I have this like super high standard for people to like meet my expectation, yep. you know, and it's impossible. It's like an impossible standard. And so it's been really eye opening to see how even though I've, uh, I, I don't went through all that anger, I processed it all out. I expressed all that anger, you know, through lots of good and bad ways. And I used medicines at that time, like marijuana, hashish Mm -hmm. and alcohol were like, I drowned myself in that stuff to like numb the pain Mm -hmm. kind of thing. And I found things like moving meditations and skydiving and riding motorcycles or bicycles, like these move, those moving meditations for me brought me to the presence of now, you know, and I could be present in the moment and not be my past, not be what had happened to me or, or anything outside of what was happening right in this instant and learning to be present to the moment. And life has been so interesting that, you know, I was given this gift of like, here's some things that can help you to find some peace and not only peace, but happiness and joy and like really like powerful expression of passion and like all these beautiful things. And then life like gives me this for just long enough and then goes, Hmm. Now you're ready to like learn about where your pain really lies and how to learn to process this. And so it's been almost a decade now that I've, since I've like stopped being a pro jumper Mm -hmm. and because my body was said no more enough, you know, you can do a little bit here and there, but you can't be a pro jumper anymore. You're going to stop, you know, (laughs) listen to the body, stop. And so now here's this stuff with my mom coming back up and I'm like, I had a dream about her the night before last and I haven't dreamt about my mom and all that I can't even remember. Like I can't even like, it's been so long. I can't remember her voice, mm-hmm. you know, like it's a long time ago. Yeah. And that kind of like makes me sad. 
right? Like I have this, like, she's fading away. Yeah. Like she's fading away. Like the people who knew her are dying off. Her memories are disappearing. The records of her life are, are fading into the distance. And she's having that like second death, you know, the first time when your body dies and the second time when nobody uh, speaks of you anymore and you're, you're, you're gone. Right. There's just no record of you. And that feels like that's getting, it's moving away. And so this is super interesting, right? Like, thank you, universe. You're the, you're the best. I love your sense of humor and the way that you've always reached out and do all the things you do for us. And so I sat with the medicine and I thought about um, the trauma that I've been through with Jimmy. And it really brought this like pain of loss to the surface, you know, and I wept for like 20 minutes, just wept, you know, and just tears rolling down and like, like you know, the hard pulls of breathing and like, just, yeah. you know, just let this process out, just let the weeping and hold space for this letting go, Absolutely, you know, and let that happen. And after it kind of settled back down and it was really, I mean, I really have to say thank you to my friends who are present with me because the empathetic experience of looking over and seeing each other, each struggling with our own pain and our own traumas, I immediately, it brought my empathy and my need to heal myself to the surface. And so this really beautiful connective thing that occurs when people choose to sit in a space together and hold space for each other so that each other can move through these experiences. A hundred percent. I got through the, the weeping and the crying and I, let's back up, back up, back up. I learned, you know, when I said 25 years ago that I, oh, after 25 years, I finally came to terms with my mom and father's death. It's, I started to learn to appreciate that they're leaving as the greatest gift that I've ever received. Like the life that I've lived would not have occurred without that pivotal moment of me being sent down another path. I wouldn't have sought out the things that I sought out. I would have been under a different house of in a completely different structure. And so this incredible life that I've lived is a result of that pivot. Yep. Caused by that taking away and me being sent on this other route. And so I take, you know, the thing that's been the most painful experience in my life is the thing I'm most grateful for. Yeah. But at the same time, my body holds these pains of the loss. Yeah. And they need to come physically come out. Agreed. And so I cried for like, you know, 15 or 20 minutes. And then after I said, okay, let's take the medicine off. Let's stop and be here. And just, that was good. That was enough. And here, you know, take the medicine off. And two minutes later, I'm like, huge, huge purge. I just puked up a whole bunch of stuff into the bucket. And I haven't had anything to eat for 12 hours. Like you're fasting. So we don't have any food in our belly. But what comes out is literally a bunch of stuff that's been stored in the body and each time that I've been through one of these ceremonies, what's in the bucket is different. And that's really noteworthy that they're like the physical healing that's occurring. It's all you can see it with your own eyes. You're yeah. like that, whatever that is that just came out of me, that physical yuck, it needed to go. It was poison that was living inside my body. It was pain. It was trauma. Yes. It was, yes. it was, it was, you know, and yes. so rounding out the day. Um, things later that night, I'm just having some nice connective time with my partner and, 
or snuggled up and watching a movie and the song that my mother used to sing to me as a child. It's a hymn and it came up in the movie and it's not that often that I would hear it, but then I, as soon as I heard it, I'm like immediately heard my mother's voice singing it, Oh, you know? And I'm oh. like, it's not coincidences, right? When Got you me have, again. yeah, yeah <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> and I felt this wave. I'm like, I, I heard the song start and I heard, and I heard my mom's voice in my ears and I'm like, oh, I can remember. Like, I can remember, I can feel that, like, nurture love, like, you know, and then I have this dream that night that I'm like, hey, why don't you just give her a call sometime, you know, like, you should call her up, you should reach out and like, make contact, same thing like you're talking about, like, be present to this relationship, you know, and I have in my dream, I'm like, well, okay, I'll give her, and I go to like, get my phone, and I'm like, well, what's her number, like, I'm like, well, wait a second, I started to have lucid dream. Where I like, oh, well, how am I going to call her if I don't know her number? And I'm like, no, she doesn't have a number because she's dead. And then I'm like, well, th- no, she's not. Uh-huh. She's not dead. Like, she's still alive. You can call her anytime you want. You just can't use the phone. You know, the phone's not going to work. You got to put the phone down. Like, you can you can still call it to her anytime and she'll still be there. And that, that love still exists. And, and so this feeling of like, aban- I've been struggling with abandonment. Right. Yeah. That's what it, that's what the root of it has been. It's, it's been abandonment. Like it's, mm-hmm. suddenly I'm alone in the world as a boy and not knowing how to feel safe, not knowing mm-hmm. how to feel OK without having to like put some armor on, you know, put yeah. some walls up, like do something that's going to like protect me because you need to be protected. Yeah. Yeah. And not knowing any other way to do it. But now here is this reminder. I'm like, no. That love's always there. You've always been protected. The reason I'm still here right now, the reason I'm able to have had this journey is because the universe has been holding me, protecting me the whole time. And my mother, all my friends who've passed, they're still there. I've Mm -hmm. I've talked to my friends who've passed, you know, like I've been in ceremony and been like, hey, who's in here? Who's in the, and whoosh, there my friends are, you know? So, yeah. Beautiful. It is such, oh, just such incredible work, healing. It's so, I wish it for everybody that it's for, you know, I just, it's undeniable for me. And again, I'm no expert, that's for sure. And the disclaimer of the show is certainly we are, this is a podcast for informational purposes only. We are not doctors. Certainly you have to do your own research that we are just sharing anecdotally from our experience. And to that end, yeah, my experience just points to just the undeniable power of this work and how I heard this at the beginning when I first started learning about plant medicines and is this the whole it's 10 years of therapy in one night or whatever. And I think that certainly can vary. But I do. In my experience, I think that is largely true, that it is it helps you access 
thing places in yourself that would be very difficult to access otherwise. I do think meditation and accessing our deeper self through through meditation is also possible. I think learning how to work with medicines with proper facilitators and safe spaces makes it makes it possible through that lane as well. Man, I just invite people to learn more, to really do their own research. If this is calling to you, if our stories resonate, you know, do your own research. If you want to look up a combo, you can go to medicinefrogcombo.com. And that's a great website, has lots of great resources about understanding that medicine more. And um, I recommend people do their own research and see, you know, if this might be something for you, then look into it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, ne- oh I'm so proud of you, Mel. <laughs> I'm so proud of you too. Thank you. Yeah. I'm proud of us. It takes it takes the sort of warrior, light warrior spirit, I think, to step into spaces where you're really going to go there. Whether you're you're meditating of your own volition and power with no aids, or whether you're meeting a plant medicine in a ceremony with a facilitator in a group, it. It takes that light warrior spirit, I think, and I respect it so much because it is, in my experience, extremely brave to do that. So uh, yeah. I acknowledge you, my friend. You too. I, I want to say like last night I was chatting with a couple of friends and they're like, oh, I was at breath work the other day. Or, oh, I was at <laughs> yoga and oh, I was sat to combo and oh, I went to this. And I'm like looking around at this group of my male friends and I'm like, fuck yeah, guys. Yes. Like fucking vul- like guys going, I'm going to step into my vulnerability. I'm going to start grow- learn yeah. to grow. I'm going to learn to be more, like just love it. Open it up. And I'm like, this is the people that I want to be around. And transformation. Like, yeah. Transformation of the world. On that note, my friends, family, thank you so much for being here. As always, we love you all so much. Drop us love a you. personal note if you want to. And obviously, of course, please share this episode with anybody you think it might help. Uh, you want to follow us, go to trustthejourney.today. That's our website and Instagram. The Patreon is where you can join the conversation more intimately with us. That's our private group called the Trust the Journey family. So just go to trustthejourney.today, scroll down, click on donate on Patreon, and any amount will, will get you in there. And we really sincerely, deeply appreciate everyone who supports us. And we need you. You know, the truth is we need you. We can't do this alone. We do. We are walking each other home in the, all senses. We need your financial support to help make this show possible. So thank you to everybody who is opening their wallets and sending us a few dollars. It is so appreciated because yeah. this show is helping so many people. We get messages on a daily basis from people that are receiving value out of this. And to us, that's so rewarding. And it is you know there's a financial cost related to producing it and we need to support that and at the time that goes into it so thank you so much for all of our supporters and please invite you to support in any way yeah and kimberly joy voice our editor we love you kimberly joy voice at gmail.com if you need help with audio editing and video editing she's your girl but all all always 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 family we love you so much and and thank you thank you for listening we love you 